0: Can a black man stand his ground? Self defense, self awareness, self development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. This is a something of a special edition of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I'm going to talk about a news story, which is something I would normally do in Surviving the News, my news and commentary podcast. <clears throat> but this news story specifically is about self-defense and about the intersection of racial identity politics where self-defense is concerned. This article caught my eye just this morning. It is by Marquise Francis, a national reporter and producer. Uh, it is in yahoo news now if you know anything about yahoo news you know that yahoo news is one of the worst most biased propaganda outlets on the face of the earth where news media is concerned yahoo news is horrific I subscribe to it, I stay subscribed to it rather, I didn't originally choose to subscribe to it, but I have a Yahoo account that I use for spam and for signing up for products and things. You know, it's good to divide your email up to the, in those ways so that you get less spam in your main account. And because I have a Yahoo account, I get Yahoo News alerts and I chose to stay subscribed to them because I want to know what propaganda the left is pushing. And Believe you me, it is propaganda. Um, During the Trump years, Yahoo News could be counted on reliably to just trash Trump all the time 100%. Uh, Now, that's not unusual for any media outlet. But since then, since that time, Yahoo has been consistently biased in everything it does. So much so that the the transparency of its political bias and what it's trying to push you, what it's trying to push at you and, and manipulate you with, is very obvious. So this morning, um, while normally Yahoo News would be very opposed to the concept of anyone using a gun for self-defense, and they still are, the angle they've taken is the law and society, they're so racist that black citizens cannot get a fair shake and are not allowed to defend themselves in the way that white citizens would be. In order to come to this conclusion, they must completely ignore the fact that any white man in a situation like this would have been prosecuted just as hard as the subject of the article. Because if you defend yourself in any capacity, you should assume you will be arrested and probably tried. You'll at the very least face a grand jury if you're in a state that has grand juries. You are... The second you defend yourself, especially if you take a life in self-defense, you will be... A criminal until you are proven not. You're guilty until proven innocent. That is how self-defense works in our litigious society. There are some states, especially the more gun-friendly states, where yes, a citizen who defended himself, the cops would look at at that and go, this was clearly self-defense, and then he would not be charged. Sometimes that initially happens and then there's a hue and cry from the peanut gallery of, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks and other cliches. Where the people demand that this person be arrested, and then once again, you are guilty until proven innocent. You must prove that it was uh, legal for you to defend yourself. And I I know of no way around that in modern society. It is baked into the system. If you defend yourself, no matter what the color of your skin is, you will face trial one of the articles that i've written in the past that got the most traffic of anything on my my martial arts site the was an article about roderick scott and specifically i was asking what the hell is wrong with my state that that this man very nearly was convicted and went to prison roderick scott was a black man he was a very large man he looked like a football player i think he might have even been a football player i forget the details roderick scott was just in his home when he heard a commotion outside his home, he looked out and saw people rifling through cars. There were, I think, and again, I'm doing this from memory, there were multiple young people that he did not know were teenagers. He, you know, they just looked like adults. And one of them came at him. Well, he pulled his legal gun, which he owned, properly permitted. It was There was nothing illegal about the handgun. And he shot in self-defense when he was attacked. Turns out he killed a teenager. He killed a drug-addled teenager who was rifling through cars in, you know, some time at night. I don't know what time of the the night it was. Well, he went on trial. And, of course, it was racially the exact reverse of uh, the Trayvon uh, Martin shooting. It was, you know, you've got uh, instead of, (laughs) well, that was a Hispanic man who shot a black teenager, But instead of uh, the media template of white man shoots black teenager and, you know, is a very, very racist bad man, you had a black man who shot a white teenager. And, of course, the media, when they put up pictures of the the teen, they used his yearbook photo that was a little bit old. So he looked like a fresh-faced, innocent little boy, and not someone who was on drugs and stealing in the middle of the night. I'm sorry, but if you're on drugs and stealing in the middle of the night, I think there's a certain assumption of risk there. Just like if you break into someone's home and then they shoot you for doing it, I don't think you get to cry a victim. <laughs> you know, shouldn't have been there. But anyway, this, was, this trial took a while, and he almost got convicted. He, it, by the skin of his teeth, Roderick Scott was acquitted. And he should have been. It was a legitimate case of self-defense. Those of us who believe in self-defense didn't see Roderick Scott's race. We saw a gun owner who was put on trial for defending himself, which so often happens. I have been instrumental in the writing of various legal training courses. I'm not a lawyer, but using expert input, I have helped craft training programs that uh, explain the legal guidelines under which lawful self-defense occurs. And, And the laws vary from state to state, if you're here in the United States. Um, self-defense law I think is a little more consistent in Canada like I think I think the knife laws are what the knife laws are everywhere in Canada which is a system I admire because it's consistent Um, I guess it would be bad if you didn't like the laws and they were consistent in every place you went but when it comes to what constitutes legal self-defense there are some general guidelines one of the things you learn when you learn about legal self-defense and using a firearm for self-defense There are certain things people do all the time that you dare not do. One of those is firing warning shots. If you ever fire a warning shot, you discharge a firearm in a way that is not intended to put a bullet in another human being because you had to, warning shots will almost always get you put in prison. It's a bad idea. Legally, it's very, very dangerous, and you should never do it. And and I, I saw some legal analysis of a shooting recently, And the guy said, well, look, he's defending himself, and then he fires a couple warning shots, and then he this, and then he that. I'm like, you're just going to blow right on by that? Like, the second he fires warning shots, that guy is now in trouble. I'm not saying morally that I agree with that. I'm saying that legally, there's a problem. The law recognizes a few things. Parity of force, uh, meaning you're allowed to use just enough force to neutralize the attack, but you're not allowed to overwhelmingly just utterly destroy the other person and beat them while they're down. Uh, The law recognizes that if you are not in imminent danger, you are not allowed to keep using force. And this news story that I'm about to talk to you about kind of brushes up against that. There was the case of a pharmacist who got attacked by an armed robber who, if I remember correctly, the pharmacist was white and the robber was a young black man. I could be wrong about that. But he did everything right in that he lawfully defended himself against this guy and put him on the ground. But then, and there were cameras in the pharmacy, if memory serves, he walked up to him and he put another bullet in him. You can't do that. The moment you do that, when you're not under threat and you, you perform a coup de grace on the person who dared attack you, you are now the bad guy. You are now going to prison. That is not lawful self-defense. You didn't need to do that. And the law is very strict about that. Yeah, sometimes you'll get prosecutors who you know, don't go after people, Uh, because our system has a lot of discretion built into it not always in a good way but the second you cross any of those lines you're in trouble Uh, Bernard Goetz did that same thing and by a miracle got off on it because got got off on it got off for it Uh, maybe he got off on it I don't know Uh, Bernard Goetz if you're not familiar with the case the infamous New York City subway shooting. Bernard Goetz had an illegal handgun because he could not possibly have a legal handgun in New York City at that time. He just wasn't one of the, the, uh, what's the word, anointed few who were allowed to have a legal handgun. Among the people who are the anointed few in New York City at one time were Donald Trump and Howard Stern, who had legal carry permits in New York City. Just fun fact. Donald Trump was not always public enemy number one. For a long time he was a Democrat and he was fine. Um, but anyway, Bernard Getz was tired of being bullied and had an illegal handgun. He was on the subway when several young, I think they were black, men attacked him, uh, as so often happened on the subway at that time. And Bernard Goetz shot them. <laughs> and he stood over one of them, or it, I can't remember if he shot multiple people or if it was one guy who was like the main person, I don't recall. But I do know that he stood over a person he shot and said, I quote, You don't look so bad. Here's another. And put another bullet into him. You can't do that. That's straight up just murder. Um, And he got off on those charges. He only went to prison on the handgun charge because he had an illegal weapon. There was no getting around the fact that he had an illegal weapon. And it's because the jury was so sick of crime in New York City. They were so tired of... Criminals victimizing innocent people—that they just were willing to overlook everything that Bernard gets did—and uh, I saw interviews with him. I want to say I saw an interview with him by William Shatner. I could be misremembering that. I don't know what show that would have been, um, but yeah, gets really—he was a little creepy—and um, just because he defended himself against an attack and morally, I think, was justified in doing so, he legally crossed the line and morally, at the end, there crossed the line and was weird about it afterwards. But, but again, he did go to trial for that. Almost always, someone who shoots another person in self-defense is going to at least face the possibility of going to trial for it. That's how our system works, and that's my point. So, uh, according to Marquise Francis, uh, in fa- Family says, fatal shooting case shows stand your ground defense doesn't work for black men. William Mark Wilson was recently convicted of involuntary manslaughter for a shooting that he says was in self-defense against a racist attack on a Georgia highway. His family and lawyers say the case reveals a racial double standard for stand-your-ground laws. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Um... Wilson, a biracial black man, 21 years old at the time of the shooting on June 14th, 2020, fired his legal handgun at a pickup truck of white teens who he says were yelling racial slurs at him and trying to run him and his white girlfriend off the road near Statesboro, Georgia. One of those bullets struck and killed 17-year-old Haley Hutchison, who was in the back seat of the truck. Okay, right away, here's the problem. He claims they were trying to run him off the road. There's probably no way to prove that. It's a, it's a he, sh- he said, she said situation, uh, whoever was driving. You've got one group of people and another group of people both saying, well, he took this menacing action. But the nature of the menacing action is one for which no proof exists. If they had rammed his vehicle there would be evidence of that, physical evidence, that they had rammed his vehicle and tried to push it off the road. He's just claiming that they were driving at him, you know, in a way that he found life-threatening. There's no proof of that. And unfortunately, there is a long history of people claiming that things happened that made them racist, and therefore I used force and I was justified in doing so, and it turned out that that was just a rationalization. The the Macy's attack where a couple of guys beat up an employee and filmed it because it was fun. And then afterwards when they got caught, they said, oh, well, he used the N-word. He said a racist thing, therefore it was okay for us to beat the tar out of him. While he was screaming and apologizing, not knowing what he'd done wrong the whole time. Um, I'm not saying that this guy wanted to murder him some people and and therefore claimed that they were racist. I don't think that's the case. Probably what happened was, yeah, they were probably driving recklessly. They may have tried to run him off the road. They were probably shouting racial slurs at him. These things happen. I don't think they happen with the regularity that the media would like us to believe, but I have no problem believing that this incident happened. Where this becomes a problem is you can't just start chucking bullets at the other vehicle. Um, road rage incidents already present kind of a problem because they tend to escalate from both sides as both parties ratchet up the situation. They don't de-escalate. They, you know, you throw a guy the middle finger, he starts cutting you off in, in a, an aggressive fashion. You get in front of him and slam on your brakes. You know, the, the, the situation is escalating in a way that's going to go nowhere good. So the other problem, and the reason this man was convicted, is because he shot someone who was in no way in control of that situation. He shot someone in the back seat of the car. Now if someone's trying to run you off the road and you make the argument, I must shoot them in self-defense. All right, let's say that's what's happening. You could shoot the driver. (laughs) If someone was in the passenger seat hurling objects at your vehicle, you could make an argument for shooting them to stop them from like breaking your windshield and causing you to have an accident. But the backseat passengers, you kill one of them, it's manslaughter. Because they're not in control of the situation. They have no way of doing anything that alters the outcome of the interaction. So uh, let's move on to the rest of the story. After an emotional seven-day trial last month in Bullock County Superior Court, a jury found Wilson guilty of felony-level involuntary manslaughter. Wilson was acquitted on the other charges, including felony murder, which carried with it potential a potential life prison sentence. He was set. He is set to be sentenced Tuesday, which I think is today. Um, we believe that this verdict is a verdict that speaks the truth. O'Geechee Judicial Circuit District Attorney Daphne Totten said say that five times fast, outside the court after the August 31st ruling. We ask juries every day to return verdicts that speak the truth, and the truth in this case is that what Mark Wilson did that night on the bypass was a crime. I believe, based on the facts of the case as related in this news story, which is hostile to my conclusion, I believe that's correct. You can't shoot a backseat passenger and say I was defending myself. That backseat passenger has no bearing on the threat to your life. You've murdered a person. Now, he got off on the felony murder and it's, you know, it's manslaughter and that's appropriate. Given the situation, given the way the other parties probably escalated the situation, I believe that's an appropriate uh, response. Prosecutors argued that Wilson did not need to fire his weapon, while the defense contends that he exercised legal self-defense under the state's Stand Your Ground law. And again, here's the issue. A number of states, including Georgia, have implemented the controversial laws they're not, loosening the restrictions on using deadly force when threatened, stating that there is no duty to retreat first. Um, There's nothing controversial about that, that is morally accepted by most reasonable people, that if you attack me, I should not be legally required to run away, I should be allowed to defend myself. Um, The case against Wilson was closely watched by legal experts and civil rights advocates who have long criticized the use of stand-your-ground laws as racist. Stand-your-ground laws are not racist, They do not, in any way, involve the race of the person. Um, The people claiming that Stand Your Ground laws are racist are simply angry that when one group of people commits crime and then are shot for it, they're angry that there are consequences for their actions. So they're trying to make it a racial issue when it is not. I would argue that if you see a racial disparity in the number of people getting shot for committing crimes, Perhaps you should take issue with the people who are choosing to commit the crimes at a disproportionate rate. Uh, Perhaps the most high-profile case was the 2012 shooting of Trayvon Martin, an unarmed black teen. George Zimmerman, who killed Martin, successfully argued that the use of force was justified under Florida's self-defense laws because it was. Because Trayvon Martin was on top of Zimmerman and beating him. That's why you get shot. That's a good way to get shot. Studies have found a significant racial disparity in whether homicides are deemed justified based on the race of the shooter and the person shot. No, there is no disparity. The the, the way they're seeing a, a disparity is they're only looking at the race of the people involved. They are not looking at the character and the tenor of the actions undertaken. Whenever two people come into conflict and one person shoots the other, yes, I was defending myself is always going to be a possibility when it comes to the defense. If there's a disparity in the racial makeup of the people who are found not to have been legitimately defending themselves, it's based on the character and the tenor of their actions, not on their race. And if you've got a demographic of people who are committing crimes at a faster rate, in a more um, profligate manner, am I using that word correctly? I don't even remember. Sometimes these words just come to me and I don't recall what they mean. But when you've got a population who's committing violent crime out of proportion to their representation in society. The problem is cultural. The problem is a demographic problem. It's a problem of behavior. It is not a problem of race. There is nothing about the laws themselves that is racist. And you could argue, well, the juries are racist. It's the juries who are at fault. No, uh, basically, people are more likely to find you innocent of shooting someone if your actions demonstrated that you were. Let me back up for a second. At one time, it was very fashionable to say that the the name of the gun you were carrying or the style of the knife that you're carrying, these things supposedly had a significant bearing on whether you would be seen by a zealous prosecutor as a ravening madman looking to murder or as an innocent citizen who defended himself. Uh, the, The conventional wisdom was, oh, well, you shouldn't carry the the dirty harry enforcer 3000 you should you should carry something with a much more innocent name because that's going to be a factor when they when they put you on trial and they say he was carrying the dirty harry enforcer 3000 he wanted to murder someone the reality is i don't care if your gun has gunfighter in flowing script on the side in the grip <coughs> granted that's probably a bad idea stay away from punisher skulls too but really He said, loudly drinking coffee. Really, the problem is, what did your actions show? Are you justified in your self-defense act? Did you carry yourself in a way that showed you were trying to de-escalate the situation and not contribute to it? Did you have no other choice but to use potentially lethal force? Those Those factors are what's going to determine if you are acquitted or convicted of a crime. Overwhelmingly. And over and over again, when I see these cases, and I, I do this sort of armchair analysis of what happened, sometimes they're buried in the articles, sometimes, you know, because, like this agenda-driven Yahoo News article, it takes you a, a little while to drill down to what it was the person did that was probably the reason they got convicted. But here we're seeing it. He says he was defending himself. He shot someone who had no bearing on the self-defense scenario. He shot a person sitting in the backseat of a car who was just a passenger. At most, that person shouted a racial slur. They weren't guiding the vehicle. They didn't throw anything at the vehicle. That's who he shot, and that's why he's been convicted. (sighs) <sighs> Meanwhile, this case, among so many others, highlights the urgency and why Georgia must address the racial disparity and stand your ground claims, James Woodall, a public policy associate with the Southern Center for Human Rights, said in a statement to Yahoo News. Spoiler alert, no they don't. Um, there's The law worked in this case. Uh, it is troubling that people continue to have to defend themselves against violent behavior only to be further criminalized by an unjust legal system. That's not what happened. If our legal system was unjust, he would have gone up for felony murder. He didn't. The appropriate penalty was, was handed down for what he did, which was take the life of a person who in no way could have affected the threat to his life. Um, and I'm assuming that these people were driving in a manner such as to run him off the road, that it was a, a literal threat to the, his life and the life of his passenger. That may not be the case. We don't know that. Uh, I'm going to assume that he's telling the truth. And that yes they were trying to run him off the road and that this wasn't just some people rode up next to him said some mean words and he opened fire that's a possibility it could have happened that way but let's assume that it didn't because we don't have any information showing that that could be the case Um, I find it much more realistic like I don't I do not generally believe that the majority of people drive down the road going I just want to murder someone Like, I think they probably were minding their own business, and then he probably only went to his gun when he thought, these people are trying to kill me. They're trying to run me off the road. I have to defend myself. The mistake he made was in not simply pulling over. If you pull over and they keep going, the problem is solved. If you pull over and they stop to get out of their vehicle, then you drive away. If you pull over and they stop and uh, you can't drive away and then they're coming at you then you stand your ground and you 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 know you display your handgun you give them an opportunity to stop assuming you have that amount of reactionary gap and then if they don't stop then you defend yourself these are all there are a number of ways this scenario could have played out where he would have been acquitted i'm not saying there are a number of ways this scenario could have played out that he wouldn't have gone to trial he most likely would have in any case and that's true no matter what the color of his skin is Gun owners in the United States, people like me who, who, well, I used to be a gun owner, people like me who study how the law of self defense intersects with the moral and physical realities of self defense, we have long been familiar with the fact that the courtroom trial always comes after this type of thing. We know we'll be arrested, we know we'll be treated like a criminal. We know that whatever weapon we use will be confiscated and put into evidence. And then we're going to have to prove ourselves innocent before we get our lives back. We know that that will probably come with significant financial cost. It will probably pretty much ruin your life. Um, As Kyle Rittenhouse found out, I mean, his outcome, he seems to be making the best of it, but that incident and the resulting trial forever destroyed any chance he had of having a normal life. I'm told that he's got a girlfriend now and they've been making like lip-sync TikTok-style videos online and this is news. Imagine you making TikToks with your girlfriend is now national news. That's how much his life was affected by, uh, by what, what has happened here. This is a big deal. So uh, let's see, under Georgia law, manslaughter can be a felony or a misdemeanor depending on the circumstance. Wilson's felony conviction carries a penalty of 1 to 10 years in prison, but Johnson says the judge chose not to instruct the jury on the misdemeanor option. If that option had been included as we asked and insisted, this jury would have found Mark guilty of the misdemeanor version of manslaughter, and Mark would be coming home. Uh, neither Johnson nor the Ogeechee District Attorney's Office responded to requests for comment from Yahoo News, nor should they have. Uh, the, the, the teens admitted to hiding evidence. They admitted to being intoxicated. Well, clearly, if they were drunk, they should be shot. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that these lawyers are simply doing what lawyers do, trying to make the best case for their client, and I don't begrudge them that. And, uh, yeah, I would imagine these prob- these people probably were drinking. You know, the, this kind of, like, late-night, let's-be-reckless-and-threatening kind of behavior, That I have no problem believing that that happened. Um, And had he shot, again, had he shot the driver, this would be different in my mind. Um, When you shoot a backseat passenger, that can only be manslaughter. And honestly, it's a reckless type of felony manslaughter, I think. I don't think this is misdemeanor manslaughter, Uh, you know, in all my my extensive legal experience. To me, this sounds like he just fired indiscriminately at the vehicle. You can't do that. You have to. You ha, you are responsible for every bullet that leaves your gun. You're responsible for the results of every bullet that leaves your gun. I uh, I've had the benefit of a lot of force on force training, um, quite a bit of it. Uh, I went through a period in my life when that's what I did f- as a hobby for you know f- with my off time and the, uh, my off money, <laughs> because these things are not cheap. Um, you know, thousands of rounds of ammo. Back at a time when you could buy thousands of rounds of ammo and there were no supply chain issues where ammunition is concerned. Those were the days. Um, Anyway, during one of the force-on-force training classes that I took, um, and (laughs) this is funny too because there's some schmuck who attended one of those classes who then, years later, was trash-talking me about the fact that he was at that class and I was at that class and he was unimpressed with my performance at that class. And I'm like... All these years later, that's what you were doing? What the hell is wrong with you? Like, most people when they go to a training class are there to learn. You apparently were there to, I don't know, fixate on me and then bring it up like a decade later or whenever it was? People are weird, man. People are strange. But anyway, uh, in one of the many Force on Force classes I took, um, I shot uh, someone in the foot. (laughs) We were using simunition rounds. It's like a glorified paintball. They sting like hell. They'll break your skin uh, if you're not wearing enough protective clothing. And it's like a real Glock pistol that has been fitted with a slide that fires the simunition round. They jam a lot, which is good for training simulations. Um, And while I was fighting with someone, we're wearing protective padding. We've got uh, uh, fist helmets and goggles to protect our eyes. And uh, it starts out as a, as a use-of-force scenario where you're not sure if you're going to have to shoot or not. This particular evolution devolved into me on the ground with the other guy on top of me and me beating him in the helmet with the empty gun. But before that, I fired a round that I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. I shot a bystander in the foot. So, in real life, you would be responsible for that. You would be responsible for shooting someone. Like, that could have just as easily been someone... Uh, You know uh, That round could go anywhere into anybody It could be a child walking by You could kill a child Because you didn't know where that round went You're responsible for every round that you fire Everywhere that it goes So when he fired and he shot someone in the backseat of the car That is felony manslaughter Um, I attended that class a couple years running And the second year I got shot in the foot While I was taking photos For an article that I was writing about the class So karma is a thing Okay, back to Wilson. Me and my girlfriend were very scared that night, he told an officer after the shooting. A truck full of all I saw were white males, white males driving their car at me and flipping me off and yelling racial slurs. So again, they should be shot and killed. Uh, Wilson's girlfriend, who was with him the night of the shooting, had previously been barred from speaking publicly under a gag order. She told Yahoo News that she was deeply frustrated with how the trial played out. Apparently she wasn't allowed to talk about it while it was happening. My words have been twisted, she said. I've had to defend myself on the witness stand because I've gotten treated like a monster. I I don't know what that means exactly, unless it means that her testimony was unconvincing as to the behavior of the people that were aggressing towards them, which is possible. Like, it would would make a lot of sense if she's the only other person in the car with him. She's the only person who could corroborate his story. If, during the trial, they put her on the stand and cross-examined her and her story was not consistent then it would hurt him, make him look more guilty, and lead to this felony murder conviction. I could believe that that's probably what happened. Um, I don't know that, and predictably this story doesn't really get into that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Is there anything more in this story worth pulling out? Um, (laughs) The family, in the few interactions they've had, said they see a change in Wilson. I've seen him change from a little playful boy to a maturing young man. His aunt told Yahoo News he's coming into his faith walk because we truly believe that this whole ordeal is a lot bigger than our family. It's a lot bigger than what the eye can see and even imagine. No, he just killed someone. It's This is not some deep spiritual awakening. He killed someone and now he's going to prison. Um, he'll probably, I mean, the judge will probably take it easy on him. I don't know. I guess uh, today, the day of this recording, seems to be the day they're going to do the sentencing. I may need to look that up and see what he got for sentencing. But honestly, uh, I believe that in the case of William Mark Wilson, justice was served. Uh, It sounds like an appropriate sentence for behavior that was outside the boundaries of legitimate, lawful self-defense. And I don't see any reason why we should conclude that black men can't exercise stand-your-ground laws. I mean, we don't have stand-your-ground here in New York State. Roderick Scott, a black man who fired a gun in self-defense, was acquitted. Um, And that's a very good example case that is, again, the opposite of the racial makeup of so many of these other uh, cases that seem to make it into the the national news. Um, Stand your ground is not racial in nature. It will always be your actions and the tenor and nature of your actions, the character of your actions, that determines whether you are acquitted, whether you have stand your ground in your state or not. Yes, a black man can stand his ground if he is operating under the law within the boundaries of legal, lawful self-defense, just like a white man can, just like a Hispanic man can, just like a, uh, an Asian man can. It doesn't matter. It is what you do that matters. And trying to force this, this identity politics frame onto everything does everyone a disservice. It's unfortunate that we live in a world where when you lawfully defend yourself, you will probably end up having to face a life-changing, possibly life-ruining trial. That's unfortunate. I don't think our legal system is doing us any favors in that regard. It's very hard to defend yourself legally. Just like that guy, the the bodega worker who stabbed an obviously aggressive attacker in self-defense, and he was, you know, taken to prison and his ordeal was so horrible that when he was finally let go because the public outcry forced the prosecutor to, to drop the charges, he said, I'm going back to the Dominican Republic. He's, he's leaving America because the American dream clearly is its not what it once was. And, and he was so disgusted at having been thrown in prison for lawfully defending his life from an aggressive attacker that uh, he's had enough. I don't blame him. That, that's a serious problem with our system. Whenever there are Democrats involved in the legal system, you can bet that they will always victimize the people who were trying to defend themselves. Uh, Democrats love victims. Democrat prosecutors love to free criminals and harm citizens who were trying to defend themselves. This is not that. This is a case of someone who was legitimately outside the boundaries of legal self-defense, and he suffered for it. And that's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate that this incident had to happen at all, but you you are responsible for every bullet that leaves the gun, and he killed someone who he should not have. That's why he's been convicted, and it had nothing to do with his race. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been Phil Elmore, the aforementioned host of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Let's see if I can say my name a few more times before I'm done. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree/fellowmore